1: you folks. Again, we consider it a great honor to be able to come across your radios and your radio stations and podcasts and wherever we're finding you in this world. It's just great to be with you. Thank you for that. And I wanted to put a special thank you out there. It seems like we've had 30,000 downloads in 2021. That's a pretty big deal. Nobody ever downloads anymore. So we got this little trophy on the computer the other day that said 30,000 downloads in 2021. So most of you listen without downloading. So uh, thank you so much. So there's a bunch of you folks out there listening to us, and we don't take that for granted. We pray every day that God would continue to send you folks out. It's by nothing that we can do. Uh, we don't we don't have an awful lot of skill or uh, time on the radio amongst us, uh, but we certainly have a great God that we serve. And we just wanted to thank you for your role, for listening. We hope we're helping you. And uh, I just wanted to remind you again that we're having a camp at Camp Joy, Wisconsin, the 13th through the 17th of September. And I made this comment to you that get a hold of us. Even if you don't think you can get there financially or something, call us up. Let's see what we can do. And uh, find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. If you're a lady, send uh, Stephanie a message. If you're a man, send me, whoever you are, send me a message. I'll have Stephanie call you if you're a lady or my wife, Debbie. And uh, if you're a man, I'll give you a call, and we'll see how we can figure that all out. And during the camp, we're going to have a man and a woman break down and and, uh, and we'll talk about that. Maybe we can maybe we can do something to help you there. I don't know, but we definitely want to get you there. We definitely want God to do a work, and we want God to do a work through all of you. So we're starting on Psalm 135. Before we do that, we have our knuckleheaded, Norton knuckleheaded segment. Lynn Norton is the author and the uh, designer and the creator of the knuckleheaded moment so that we can help people not to be knuckleheads. So, Pastor Miller, let me set you up. You might be a knucklehead if.
2: If you think you can eat Everything and anything you want to, and it's not going to hurt you.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, let me tell you something, folks. I, <clears throat> I'm a guy. I'm sitting here 80 pounds lighter than when Pastor Miller first met me. I learned a lesson the hard way. I was eating everything I could put my hands on. I was taking tons of medicine. I was bouncing into things, man. I, my life was upside down. I was... Man, it looked like I was fattening up to be slaughtered or something. I looked at a picture. They were showing me some wedding pictures. I have a missionary family staying here with me right now. You met Colton and his dear wife, Melody, their son, Douglas. Yes, he's named after me. I told him the other night. I said, Doug, all I have to give you is my good name. I said, do a good job. Now, you should know that Doug is only six months old, praise God. But we've been having some heavy conversations. And and I mentioned to him there's only a couple people in the whole world that get called Doug at any given time in their life. So hang in there, earn it. But what a great young man he is. What a great baby. But uh, okay, and so then books. Now, I'm going to give you a book. I, I don't necessarily recommend this author as a guy you listen to his preaching for or anything like that. I really don't know him. So Chuck Colson was a guy who worked on the Nixon administration, it had something to do with Watergate. Yeah. I know a lot about it. I actually have a degree in American history. But this is what I do know. I didn't pay much attention to Chuck Colson back in the day. I really didn't. But somebody gave me a book at a prophet's chamber one time, and they left it with a little uh Thing on there, it's called Loving God, and he goes in there and talks about this surgeon who gets saved in a prison, and all these people getting saved, and how God is completely changing the outlook of nations because these people, and some of these people are political prisoners who did nothing wrong. And uh, he started talking about what God's word means, how it's changing people's lives, and I could not put that book down. Now it's not my number one book, but it's the one I'm thinking about right now. But Loving God, I think I paid a dollar forty and uh, $2 shipping from the Los Angeles Goodwill store, and it was worth (laughs) 10 times that much. So uh, if you get a chance, read Loving God. So here we are. We're hopping into Psalm 135. We have Stephanie with us again, and Stephanie's got a lot going on. Boy, she's got boys working. She's got her ministry talking to ladies. She's got a dog that's bigger than Emmy. Uh, There's things. She's got a dog that's bigger than her three youngest children, I believe. And uh, praise God, Thor, King Thor. But here we are, we're in Psalm number 135, Stephanie. And we're going to do these first 12 verses. It says, praise ye the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath children Jacob unto himself and Israel, For his peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, and in the seas and in all deep places. He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasures. Who smote the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast? Who sent tokens and wonders? into the midst of thee, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his servants, who smote great nations and slew mighty kings, Sihon king of the Amorites, and Og king of Bashan, Bashan, I'm sorry, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land for an heritage, and heritage unto Israel, his people. Man, there's a lot going on here, Pastor Miller, and you know, yeah. as we read through that verse, it's talking about some of the things the Lord had done. I mean, What's coming to your mind? He starts pointing out Egypt right away and what happened there, what God did.
2: Let me say, could uh, Stephanie go first on that and see what's coming to her mind? Sure. And I'll give an outline. How does that sound?
1: That sounds great to me, Stephanie. Why don't you go ahead?
3: Well, um, when I read through this psalm, obviously there's a reflection going on here. There's the history of everything God's done. And... When I was reading through this last night, you know, one of the things that Satan tries to use to dismantle us is he makes the problems we're facing or whatever the burden is that's on our hearts so big that it seems from our human view like it's so much bigger than who God is. Mm, Yeah. And last night when I was reading through this psalm, it was just like the Lord said, Stephanie I'm the same God. Who did these things then? I'm the same God now. Mm. And just that reminder, what the psalm did for me, it reminded me that the same God who took Pharaoh's shaking of his fist in God's face as seriously as he did, he takes that just as seriously today. And he hears the cries of his people just as much as he did then. And that encouraged me. Um, it makes me tremble, but it encourages me that as his child, he said to come, he said to come boldly before his throne of grace, that we fight, may find mercy and help in time of need. And this Psalm just reminded me last night that that, that that hasn't changed, that this is the same God of the Bible. He's the same God we serve today, and he wants us to trust him. He wants us to come to him.
1: Yeah. Wow. And you know, I just want to point out what Stephanie was just saying too. It was, uh, so three days ago today, Stephanie, uh, would have been, was Charles 47th birthday. So we, we did want to shout out that we know that Stephanie goes through real hard things during that time. And, mm. and, uh, we have a new song coming out that I thought I wrote it pretty well, but Stephanie tore it up quite a bit on that one. It called the Modern, and We're going to get that on our page this weekend, uh, in honor of Charles life and, and, uh, how he martyred himself for all of us. And we know, Stephanie, how hard this can be for you. And uh thank you for taking the time to do that. Now, Pastor Miller, we come over here and we're looking at this and you know, right out right out of the back, coming right out of here, we're talking about praising the Lord. We're talking you said you have an outline for this particular psalm. Uh tell us a little bit about this. Well, first of all, I'd like to ask Stephanie
2: uh, what her husband's birthday was. What's it, birth- was tw- it was
3: the twenty. It was the twenty fourth.
2: Okay, mine's August twenty third. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're. I'll remember that. When I had a cousin, yeah, it was, that was August twenty second. But we. Okay. I uh, have to re- remember to pray for you when uh, you think of oh, August twenty fourth. But coming back to this, uh, we're leading from Psalm one thirty four, and it talks about blessing God, and then God blesses His servants. And then we come back again. It's time for a man to bless God or praise ye the Lord. Now, notice, Lord is all capital letters. Yeah. L-O-R-D, and that stands for Yahweh or Jehovah.
1: Yes. yes.
2: The personal name of Israel's God. It speaks of a personal relationship with a self-existent God. And so they're coming personally to God and saying, you're our God, our personal God. And it says praise Ye, the name of the Lord. Now, when we think of a name, we think Doug, yes, that identifies you from uh, Debbie. Yeah. You, You know, we understand that's husband and wife. But name in the Bible speaks of the attributes of an individual or the actions they take or will take and also their authority. When we pray in the name of Jesus, We're thinking in terms of his attributes and his actions, but also his authority. There's authority and power in the name of Christ. So they're saying praise God's attributes in specifics and his actions, and we're seeing his actions here praised, or his authority to be king. And two things particularly come out of this passage. He says, O ye servants, and then he comes down in verse 4, His peculiar treasure. Wow. You know, we're servants, and we're not our own master, but also we're a special treasure. We're God's
1: crown
2: jewels. Boy, we need to remember that.
1: If we're supposed to be crown jewels, Pastor, we better be a little.
2: Yeah, we ought to shine and sparkle real well, but also it means peculiar. We belong to him. He's solely ours. Yeah. Uh, but we're solely his. Yeah. Peculiar is a trait. When we say somebody has a peculiar trait, we're talking about something that only belongs to them. And that's really what he's saying here. But then when he comes down and he says, God did whatever pleased him. Okay, we have a personal relationship with him, but then it comes and talks about his actions. And verse 7 He caused the vapors to ascend, and he goes into creation and how God controls the natural world. And then all of a sudden, he jumps into verse 9, who sent tokens and wonders into the midst of thee in Egypt upon Pharaoh, those 10 miracles, and then he talks about him being the Redeemer of Israel. And so he's our creator, he's our Redeemer, And then it talks about his military might. Wow. He's the king of kings. I mean, he knocked out all of these kings on the other side of Jordan and gave that land to his people. Now, those people deserved, by their iniquity, their cup of iniquity was full, the Bible says, and they needed to be cleansed cancer from the earth. He's cleaning out the cancer in his own earth And he's going to put his people in there, his special treasure. So that's what I think we're really looking at here. But the name of the Lord and the fame of the Lord. yeah That's the two things that stand out to me according to verse 13, which we'll get into later. The name of the Lord endureth forever and thy memorial or thy fame, O Lord,
1: throughout all generations. Boy, that's good. And, you know, I was thinking, looking at my commentary here, something that came to my mind is what the pastor was saying too is, you know, where, where's crown jewel. And, and I like this that, uh, you know, the Lord is our God. And, and I think coming right out, <clears throat> excuse me, where we praise our God, where the praise is about our God, uh, where his crown jewel, we, you know, when you're someone's crown jewel, when you're the crown jewel, uh, you better act like it. You better look like it. You better be shining. You better be, um, I guess what I'm saying now, let me put this in an army perspective. This might help me to understand what I'm trying to say to you guys in the army. You had a soldier of the quarter in the army. You had a soldier of the month. You had a soldier of the year. You had an NCO of the year. Is this the sharpest guy? Sharpest guy. And, and these people would work at it. I mean, this isn't something you're just awarded. There's a lot of people. So you, you know, for instance, I was a soldier of the year and there was just, just by luck. And, uh, uh, but I, but I there were three I or four. I bet you worked
2: at it. <clears throat> yeah,
1: but you know, my uniform was perfect every day. My knowledge of what was expected of me by the army was there. It was ever present in my mind. I had to do well at PT. I didn't miss physical training. That's what PT stands for. Yeah. I had to understand my job and exactly where it fit into the books. I had to understand how I did things and I had to have a respect for my army. And then when you went and got that award, the general would bring you up there, and they, they actually gave me an Army Achievement Medal, and the general said there were three of us up there, you know, different ranks of, <clears throat> of people who were the Soldier of the Year, the NCO of the Year, and then the Senior NCO of the Year. The general stood there and said, this is my crown jewel. Oh, wow. I don't have to worry about these three people. Mm. I don't have to worry how they're going to look. I don't got to worry about how they're going to act. I don't have to worry about... What whether gonna or not do. they're going to do the army thing or not. Now, yeah. God doesn't pass out, Pastor Miller. God doesn't pass out Soldiers of the Month or Soldiers of the Quarter or Soldiers of the Year. But nevertheless, he does expect us uh, to be doing the right thing, learning the things, and to be plugged in.
2: Yeah, radiant, sharp, and brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and so how does somebody I, – I mean, okay, so a lot of the people who listen to us, so we, we do these surveys from time to time. We run analytics – we, we did surveys on about two or three hundred people who first signed up uh, with their email addresses and stuff, and we asked some questions. This is what we know. We know that um, about half of the people who are listening to your and my voice right now are people who have not been Christians for more than a year. Oh, wow. Uh, so so it's, it's odd that as we get to this point, and you're talking—so I guess from a Christian perspective, I can tell them how to do it as a soldier— But as a soldier of God, how does one get to that place?
2: Well, uh, Stephanie mentioned about Ephesians in a recent podcast. Yeah. Ephesians 6. And I'm having to teach that this week. Wow. In a Sunday school class. Mm. And you got to put the whole armor of God on. Yeah. Okay? And so... What we, we do, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory, Christ's victory. So we go to the cross. Jesus Christ has died for us. He's raised from the grave. We're n- made with new life in the resurrection life of Christ. Yeah. And so we fight from victory, but we have to put the armor on. You know, When you played football, you didn't show up for the game 10 minutes before you're going to run out on the field. In your street clothes and say, I'm ready to go, coach. Yeah. And the coach said, Hey, Carriger, where's your helmet? Where's your shoulder pads? Yeah. Where where where's your knee pads? Where are your hip pads? And you say, Oh, I'm tough. I don't need it. No, we got to put the whole armor of God on it. So that means putting on truth. That means putting on the gospel, the preparation of the gospel, having the assurance of salvation, but also the ability to tell the gospel to others, prepared to do that. Yeah. And so you go through all of those armor pieces. And I'd encourage people to go study this if you're a new Christian, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. But once again, you've got to keep your heart with all diligence. Yeah. For out of it are the issues of life. So are you staying in the word, studying it? Are you responding to the word? Are you memorizing it? Yeah. Do you have your sword available in your hand because you've memorized the word of God? Are you praying for all, with all perseverance? Are you spontaneously speaking to God when there's a need or someone else has a need or you just need to praise him? So I think it, to be sharp outwardly, you have to be sharp inwardly but you do have to put on the armor on the outside.
1: Yeah, you do. And it protects. If you think about the different pieces of the armor, maybe this is something we'll talk to Pastor Miller about in not next podcast, but the next day. Uh, We're going to talk to him about a bunch of these issues, how to be better, how to do things right. We're going to have a whole special podcast to talk about these kind of things. But I want to go back to something Pastor Miller was talking about. And this from an Army perspective, and we know a lot of you folks are veterans. uh, uh, one of the first things they tell us in basic training is the armor is as important as the M 16 or the M four yes. or the M nine or, or whatever. Jackson. Yeah. You need to be able to stop that bullet from hitting your heart. You need to have police that. At least have body armor. That's right. And you need to be, that's why police, are, everybody thought, well, police are putting on a little bit of weight there in their belly. No, they've been wearing armor for about 10 years yeah. now. And you need to put that armor on first and you need to cover yourself up. And because you, there's going to be attacks and, uh, uh, Christians, let me tell you, don't don't ever believe for one minute uh, that the devil doesn't want to ruin your testimony. If he can't have your uh, soul, he wants your heart. He wants your ministry. Your he wants your family. He wants every facet of your life and I think that's so important. So uh, one thing, one thing, pastor, I know we're coming to wrap on this thing, but one thing and uh, one thing you can tell to this new Christian, I want to get started and you told them Ephesians 6, And I want to take other people with me. One way to take other folks with you and to help them be a crown jewel. How can a person take what they're learning and multiply that?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, spontaneous sharing, but also intentional sharing. Yeah. You know, you ought to sit down and write a list. God, I want to make a difference in these people's lives. And then start approaching them. You know, but... And God gives opportunities just on a spur of a moment in a situation. I can think of this. Uh, I was getting ready to have a defibrillator replacement. I'm on the operating table. They're getting ready to have me all hooked up to all the wires and that. They're getting ready to administer to me anesthesia to put me out. And I said, okay, now, uh, before you guys start, I want to have prayer. Amen. Amen. And I said, I'm gonna, and so I prayed, God, you help these people to help me today, and I'll thank you for it. And after I prayed that, this guy that's standing there right next to me said, hey, we just been talking about hell. Is hell a real place? Yeah, there you go. And they're giving me this medicine that's going to knock me out, and I'm speaking to him <laughs> about the Lord as I'm going out into la-la land. Yeah. Now, folks, there are spontaneous situations we have the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives, but also we need to make set-aside times where I'm going to call that guy, I'm going to contact, I'm going to go see him, and we then we start influencing them. And it may be just sharing what God's done for me yeah. if you're a young Christian. Give your testimony. Yeah. Share a couple of verses. Yeah, Say, I'm in a Bible study. You want to
1: join me in a Bible study and we'll study it together. Sure, and, and I think that's exactly the place. And remember, you're... You're going to be shiny, so you're going to stand out in a crowd, and, and, of course, you've got to give the author of that shininess the credit. You've got to give the, uh, you know, the God of all heaven, the God of all eternity, and and it's okay to tell people. It, it was pastor said, hey, is there a hell? I was in, uh, in a, I was in a hospital, and, and, you know, we'll skip the song on this one. I was in a hospital two weeks ago, three weeks ago in California, and this young man named Devin had drank himself to death. And there's no other way to put it. He's in the ICU. He's got liver failure. He's got his... Uh, Pancreas is gone, his gallbladder is gone. I mean, he drank a half gallon of vodka a day, was a Marine, had a God sized hole in him. Uh, He tried to fill it with booze and lasciviousness and all these things of the world, and he couldn't fill it. And uh, he came in 2015. I had preached a workshop in Sacramento, California. He buzzed through. Laughed at us and said, "You know, biblical answers don't work." Whatever the case may be, I I can't tell you exactly what it was. He was a good. He wasn't bad to us. I think we even prayed with him at that point. And years went by, and then, and as God would have it, we're going to Sacramento, California, six years later. And uh, Pastor calls me. So and so is in the hospital. He's dying. He's in ICU. He's in critical. Pray for him. Needs a miracle. We start praying for a miracle. I start praying. God, would you get me there before you take him? I got there on a Friday. I'm eating lunch with the pastor, Debbie, the pastor's wife. Uh, Mrs. Stephanie was there. Mrs. Wesco was there doing music with us. And and uh, I remember the call came in. Devin's awake. Hadn't been awake in a few days. And, I mean, we drove through parking lots. We did everything we could to get to UC. I think it was UC Davis uh, Hospital out there, the University of California. We did everything we could to get there. We got there. His eyes were open. I went in and thanked him for his service, and I started sharing the gospel with him right away. I mean, that. You know, God has a saving power right up to the minute those eyes close and that heart stops working when you can no longer hear. And I told him, I, I, don't, I said, I don't want to be arrogant with you. I don't want to be anything. I just want to make sure you're going to heaven, dear brother. And uh, he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord oh, and Savior amen. right on that bed and went amen. to heaven nine hours later. And, yeah. and folks, so that shininess, and I don't have any shininess, it, but I'm part of that crown jewel, you know, but we all work toward that. But there was a nurse standing next to me, and that's where I was going in response to something Pastor Miller had said. He talked about, you know, and then they asked me about hell, and I told Devin, so after I led Devin to the Lord, his eyes actually rolled back into his head a little bit. And he was squeezing on my hand and he, he, was, oh, he couldn't talk. You know, he could only blink his eyes and yell. I asked him, Are you sure you're saved? Oh, and I mean, he was screaming, his eyes rolled back. And, and uh, so, and, and then there was a point where he went 20 seconds without breathing. Wow. And I said to him, I said, You know what, Devin? And I mean, we're in a oh, brother, there's people all around us in ICU getting ready to go to heaven. I mean, it's just it's a wide open area. There's no closed doors. I mean, people are, if you're in this particular ward, you have less than three days to live. That's what they told us when they came in. This is it. This is the ward where you go to heaven. He had been moved from another one. He had less than three days to live. They unhooked everything from, they weren't no monitors, no nothing. He's just going. And he, he received the Lord. And I sat there and I actually read Psalm 23 with him and talked him through it. And then for some reason, God had led me to another Psalm, Psalm 34. We're talking different Psalms. We're talking about the, Spirit being among us to the righteous, and he said, Argh! "I said, I know you're not righteous, but now Christ is in you. His righteousness Amen. is what we're talking about." Anyway, he just was getting exciting. Then he stopped breathing, brother, for twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. The nurse was standing right next to me. This this young man, this gentleman, and and I lo- I was holding Devin's hand, and there was no no strength left in his hand, and he stopped breathing. He wasn't breathing out a bit. And I said to him, about fifteen or twenty seconds into him, I said, "You know what? It's okay, Devin. Walk toward the light." Yeah. And, the, and the, the nurse standing next to me said, and out of nowhere, I mean, here's Devin dying, you know, and the nurse says, is there a light? And I said, God is light. I said, there's a truth to that. I said, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Amen. I said, yeah. the light is a capital L-I-G-H-T. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about the Lord. It's okay. And then Devin started breathing again. But anyway, this guy, a born-again Christian said, I never looked at that. So sometimes you minister to people. There were people at the doorway. And I didn't realize I'm I'm kind of loud. You guys probably picked up on that. But listen, we love you guys. We're coming back. We're going to talk more about this. Pastor Miller, we're coming right back, and uh, we'll be back with you in the morning. We love you, folks. If we can do anything to help, make sure you uh, get a hold of us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. Give us a shout. Give us a pout. Give us something. Let us know what's going on. Uh, Brother Eric is going to share every every word uh, of Romans Road with you. He's going to talk to you about how you can know for sure you're saved, but we may miss something that needs to minister to your heart. And the Bible is just filled with words of life, and we'd like to share them with you. So uh, if, if you need some help, go ahead and get a hold of us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. and We look forward to talking with you real soon. God bless you.
0: In your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.